Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I'm so excited to bring a word today. Um, this is just something that God has shown me earlier in December and I actually asked God, I said, it will really be very nice if I can preach this sometime. So when Gerrit asked me, this immediately popped into my mind. So yeah, it really blessed me. Um, I want to speak about Jesus who is the word. Um, and something, something that God just showed me was that, you know, in this life, people will go to any length to lengthen their lives. They will go to any, any length to preserve themselves. But the very thing that gives us life, we don't always reach forward and take hold of that. And the, the word Jesus Christ is... He is the person that gives us life. Um, so I want to speak, but we're going to go through quite a few scriptures, so buckle up. <laughs> um, and if I sound a bit disjointed, we'll get to a point, don't worry, it's actually very simple. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter 1. And we're going to start reading from verse 1. Okay. Peter, an apostle, a special messenger of Jesus Christ, writing to the elect exiles of the dispersion scattered or sowed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father, and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with his blood, may grace, spiritual blessing, and peace be given you in increasing abundance, that spiritual peace to be realized in and through Christ, freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Okay, so I want you to make a, a knot in your, in your head or mind, I don't know what you say. Yeah, yeah, make a knot, yeah, that one. Um, on peace, we're going to get back to peace and also passions. Okay, verse 3. Praised, honor, or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Um, oh no, let me first continue with the next verse, verse 5. Who are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. Okay, so he said we have been born in you to an inheritance. Now, an inheritance... I say. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I'm so excited to bring a word today. Um, this is just something that God has shown me earlier in December, and I actually asked God, I said, it will really be very nice if I can preach this sometime. So when Gerrit asked me, this immediately popped into my mind. So, yeah, it really blessed me. Um, I want to speak about Jesus who is the Word. Um, and something... <laughs> oh, she still wants to... Something that sealed... By the Holy Spirit. So let's quickly go to Ephesians 1. Okay, verse 3 says, May blessing be to the God, peace 
He is the person that gives us life. Um, so I want to speak, but we're going to go through quite a few scriptures, so buckle up. <laughs> um, and if I sound a bit disjointed, we'll get to a point, don't worry, it's actually very simple. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter 1. And we're going to start reading from verse 1. Okay. Peter, an apostle, a special messenger of Jesus Christ, writing to the elect exiles of the dispersion scattered or sowed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father, and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with His blood. May grace, spiritual blessing, and peace be given you in increasing abundance. That spiritual peace to be realized in and through Christ, freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Okay, so I want you to make a, a knot in your, in your head or mind, I don't know what you say. Yeah, yeah, make a knot, yeah, that one. Um, on peace, we're going to get back to peace and also passions. Okay, verse 3. Praised, honor, or blessed be the God stored up for us in Christ. So apart from Christ, you cannot get all things. But in Christ, you can receive all things. Okay? So God has given us a promise, okay, which is the Spirit. Now, us who are sitting here, I trust that we are all believers. If you're not, it's easy. You can be saved by just believing. Okay? So if you are a believer, okay, in Christ, all things have been given to you, have been promised to you. Now, by the faith that is operating in us, we can see it manifest in our lives. I mean, as I'm standing here, I have not seen all things manifest in my life, even though I know that in Christ, all things have been given to me. But as I look to Jesus and continue to behold his face, I will start to see more and more manifest. I have seen some things manifest in my life by the grace of God through faith, but I have not seen all things manifest. But continue to behold him, we will, we will see things manifest. Okay. Now, that which has been stored up in heaven, <laughs> the beauty is that it cannot decay. Okay. It cannot fade away. And even if we think of, of Matthew 6, um, that he says, do not store up and you know, gather things here on earth where moths and rust will destroy it but store up in heaven. Okay, now that is something, diff- a whole nother, nother sermon, but it just speaks of that, that which is in heaven cannot decay. Okay, so when God says something to you, when God gives you a promise, it means that no one can steal it away from you. Okay, it cannot fade, it cannot change, it cannot be broken. <laughs> What is the words they use? It cannot decay, it's imperishable, unfading, okay, reserved in heaven, in Christ for you. Okay, so that word cannot fight. Okay, let's continue to read. Um, verse 6. Now, yes, some people get a bit of a knop and a keel. What is it in English? You know, like I feel a bit uneasy. <laughs> You should be exceedingly glad on this account, though now for a little while you may be distressed 
by trials and suffered temptation. Now what I quickly want to say about trials and temptation, I'm not a Greek scholar, so I don't know what the originals means of this, but just something God said to me. Trials are um, things that we experience in life, things that come our way. And when we do not experience that which God has promised for us in manifestation yet. Temptation, obviously there can be many temptations, but Gareth has, has mentioned one that has really struck my heart lately a lot, the temptation to feel condemned. Okay? Now, even if you speak of a trial or a temptation, both of them are rooted in the law. Okay? So that is what, what we need to, to understand. They are rooted in the law. Why? The law brings death. Okay? It is a minister of death to you. So whenever we hear and have communion or fellowship with the law, the product will be death. Okay? That is a guarantee. But whenever we have fellowship with the Spirit, with Jesus Christ, the product is life. It's a guarantee. Okay? So he says, don't, don't be intimidated <laughs> by when you are experiencing trials and, and, and temptation. And we're going to see now just why as well. Okay, verse 7. So that the genuineness of your faith may be tested, your faith which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is revealed. Okay? So gold is purified and tested by fire. Faith is, is tested by trials and temptations. Okay. Who, who brings those trials and temptations? Not God. Okay. So we're going to read a bit, I think it's in James, that speaks about sometimes when we suffer trials and temptations. But one thing I want you to remember, it is not God testing you. We are being tested because of the circumstances that, um, that, we, that we face. What are, we, what are we tested on? We are tested if we are standing fa- firm in the faith that we have. Okay? So remember what I, what I just said, that the promises God has given us cannot fade away. So that is sure. It is a guarantee for us. But then sometimes when trials and temptations come, we start to waver and doubt and wonder if God really is true. Okay? So that is where the testing and the, the trials come in. I'm going to go into a bit detail later still. Okay. Now verse 8. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious triumphant heavenly joy. At the same time, you receive the result, the outcome, the consummation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay. So he says, you did not even see Jesus, but you believe in him. So is that not already a good enough <laughs> miracle that happened? Now when God says something, okay, we can still stand in faith and trust him. Okay, so it is the same faith that we trust Jesus for to, to, for, to save us. That same faith is op- operating in us or has to operate in us for us to see the manifestation. So he says, already... You are believing in someone that you cannot even see. The same with promises. We cannot see it. But we trust Jesus to bring it to pass. Okay. Let's go to verse 10. 
The prophets who prophesied of the grace um, which was intended for you searched and inquired earnestly about the salvation. They sought to find out to whom or when this was to come, which the Spirit of Christ working within them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow them. It was then disclosed to them that the services they were rendering were not meant for themselves in their period of time, but for you. It is these very things which have now already been made known plainly to you by those who preach the good news, the gospel to you by the same Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Into these things the very angels long to look. So brace up your minds, be sober, okay? circumspect, morally alert. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace that is coming to you when Jesus Christ the Messiah is revealed. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. Okay, let's stop there again. What is the requirement of the gospel? The gospel is a message of forgiveness that is preached to you. Okay. Now, what is your require? What is the requirement for you to receive that which the, the gospel come to bring? To believe in Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. That's the requirement. Okay. Now, when we believe in Jesus, the gospel proclaims something over us. It says, you are holy. You are forgiven. You are righteous. You are the righteousness of God. Now, this temptation <laughs> that is rooted in the law often draws us away to feel condemned. Okay. Um, we often want to, to convince God Otherwise of what he says we are. So God says you are holy. You want to convince God and say, but maybe I'm not that holy. Look at what I did today. Just what have I been thinking this week? What have I I've been busy with this week? And so we condemn ourselves. Sometimes we even condemn ourselves when we lay our hands on the sick and you don't immediately even see a miracle happening. So even when you are walking already and seeing great things of God, um, under your hands, you have seen many miracles. Then you come to one person, you don't see something, you condemn yourself for that. So uh, around every corner, we, we find opportunity to judge ourselves, to accuse ourselves, to say that we are not holy. Maybe I'm not that holy because, look now, this person didn't get healed. But God is, all, is saying the opposite. God's word is the truth. So the gospel is that you are holy. The gospel is that you are forgiven. Okay. So he says, live as children of obedience. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirement of the gospel. So he says, do not conform to this world that says that you are unholy. Do not conform. Do not be drawn away. And that is the passion that I want to refer back in, in verse 3. Um, this 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 evil desire is like a passionate evil desire for us to feel condemned, for us to resist what God says we are. So um, he says, do not become obedient to that. Do not conform yourself to the, to the world and what the world is saying. Romans 12 speaks about He says, let your mind be transformed. Okay. Let us read it. It will be easier. Yeah. Big Diana. I am happy to have my concordance here in the right front seat, if anything goes askew. <laughs> verse 1. Or let's just read verse 2, that's fine. Do not be conformed to this world. 
fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Okay, so he says, do not be conformed to this world. This world have a, has a different standard. Okay? The standard said that if you do well, you will be blessed. If you do not perform that well, you will be cursed. If you do not reach the standard that the world or even maybe yourself has set for you, for yourself, <laughs> um, you, I don't know, you fail. You are not, not a good enough Christian. Do not be conformed to that, okay? But be obedient to what the gospel says, okay? So I'm going to read that, that, that verse again. So verse 13 in 1 Peter 1. So brace up your minds, be sober. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. But as the one who called you is holy, you yourself also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call upon him as your father who judges each one impartially according to what he does, and, we're gonna, and that, that doing is a doing by faith, then you should conduct yourselves with true reverence throughout the time of your temporary residence on the earth, whether long or short. You must know that you were redeemed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold. But you were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus or of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. Okay. So what we, we just said, you, the world has a different rule, set of rules. It's usually governed by our forefathers have certain, had certain traditions of how one should look and what things you should do and to be holy, in inverted commas. He says, you have been purchased with a price. You are free from that. So do not conform to that. Okay, but be obedient to the gospel. Verse 20. It is true that he was chosen chosen, <laughs> and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundation of the world, but he was brought out to public view in this last day at the end of times for the sake of you. Through him you believe in. Um, adhere to and rely on God, who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Since by your obedience to the truth, through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren, see that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. For all flesh, mankind is like grass, and all its glory, honor like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord, divine instruction, the gospel, endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. Okay? So you have been regenerated. You have been born again from an immortal word. Okay? that now dwells in your hearts. Okay. Now, we're going to read a bit on before I say some more. Let's go to James 1. Okay. 
Let's read from verse 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion. Greetings, rejoice. Consider it holy joy for my brethren whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptation. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing. Okay. Let's, uh, we can read that. If any one of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving Father, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-fighting, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitate, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blow hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let no such person imagine that he will receive anything from the Lord. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, and irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or describes. Um... Let's go a bit on. Uh, we can, yeah, that's, okay, let's read verse 11. For the sun comes up with scorching heat and parches the grass. Its flower falls off and the beauty fades away. Even so will the rich man wither and die in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For what he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Okay, we're going to continue there just now. Yeah. Now, Christ has given us all things, and we can be in Christ. All, we have all things, okay? And we can be assured of that. Now, we trust and we have faith, and I'm not going to make a difference now between hope and, hope and faith, but we have faith that we will see the full manifestation of um, Jesus through us. That's the whole point of us preaching. That's the whole point of your relationship with Jesus is to become like Jesus, to walk like him, talk like him, do like him. That's the whole point. If we are not, <laughs> if we don't want to be transformed, I mean, what, what are the, we then busy doing? Okay, so that is where we are going. But now sometimes we have these trials and temptation rooted in the law. We are basically <laughs> tested by, by the law to see um, if if our faith is assured, okay. Now, in that time, may, let's let's take an example. I gave my car away last year. Okay. Now I don't have a car yet. Thankful for my dad that is borrowing my car currently. <laughs> okay. Now, but I do trust that God is going to give me a new car. Now, some time has passed between between what. Um, what I've heard from him and what I, what I do see now. Now, I can go and start saying, oh, you know what, maybe God is not true. Maybe, just maybe, I should make a plan B. Maybe, and I have been there, maybe, um, maybe God, maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe it wasn't really God that spoke to me, etc., etc., etc. And I become discouraged, okay? You can start speaking that, okay? And nothing that we really truly say can hinder God, but it can slow God down, okay? So what we are saying, um, we need, so God will in the end 
do what he has to do. But if we start speaking the word of God, that which he promised, Jesus is the word. So that which he promised, if we start speaking that, it will bring to life, okay? Um, 2 Corinthians 4, and we're going to read it a bit, bit later. We believe and therefore we speak, okay? Whatever dwells in your heart is that which will flow out from you. In Afrikaans sê hy, body hart van vol is, loop die mond van oor. Okay, so whatever is in your heart, that is which will flow, flow over from you. Now in John 4, 5, 6, it speaks about this river of living water that is flowing from within us. Okay, and the Bible says, 5, John 5, the Bible says that the fountain cannot have bitter water and, and sweet, sweet water at the same time. Okay, now you have the fountain of life inside of you. Okay, so in, in truth, you can only produce one kind of water, okay? So whatever you then speak can only be the truth, okay? So we don't see that always in manifestation. I mean, I sometimes just hear it my own speech and I realize that I'm not always speaking the word of God, okay? When we speak the word of God, it brings to life. God created the world by speaking, okay? So when we speak, there is power in speaking. It brings to life. So now in this between time, when our faith is tested, when we are waiting for what we heard from God, till when we see it, it is, it is a good thing, let us say that, to speak that which God has said and not what our circumstances predict. Because we are, we are, we are, we are slowing our lives down. Let me read you something from James 3. It really struck, struck me when I read it. It's so simple. I never wanted to read it. I just put it aside. I thought it means something else, but it means just what it says. Verse 2. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not defend in speech, never says the wrong thing. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Okay. If you are able... <laughs> okay. This word, it is just, it really means what it says. I really never, I, about speaking the word, I really, for a long time, I didn't speak about it or engage with people to, to hear what God is saying about it because I felt so condemned. Well, that is often why we run away from the church and don't speak to people because we feel condemned. Two, I think two things happen. Some people just speak all the time because they just don't care. Other people speak whatever they want because they say there's grace. Okay. Now, of course there's grace. Of course there's grace for you to, to say whatever you want. But the word says, if you are able to control what you say, you're, whole, you're the perfect man. Okay. It means that the word, God, that is the truth, when we speak that word, if we speak the truth of God, it will bring the manifestation. Um, the grace is there to say God's word. It is not a, it is not a ritual. Oh, now everybody's going to walk out here and now you're going to start confessing. You're going to be like, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. God is good, God is good. And, you know, all you feel is condemnation all the time. And then when you wake up, oh, I didn't confess yesterday. I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about a word that dwells in your heart. And that word that satisfies your heart is the thing that will come out. So if we want to change what we say, we need to change what we are hearing. We need to change what is dwelling in our heart. So that when the trials and the temptations come, the first thing that we then say is that which dwells in our heart. 
Okay, so that is what I'm trying to get to, and we are, we are getting there. <laughs> okay, the Word is Jesus Christ, okay, and we have fellowship with Him. And that is the, the best and biggest treasure that you can have in your life. I remember I was one time at a camp a few years ago, five, six years ago. So this lady, she really preached quite a bit of nonsense. But at the end of the camp, she came to me, she prophesied over me. She said, you have a treasure inside of you. And do not let just any person speak into that. And I was thinking, yeah, even not you. But she was really, I really experienced, I, I knew, I, I, Jesus is living inside of me. And I need to treasure that. So what I want, want to say to you, and we're not done, done yet <laughs> with the word, is that Jesus Christ is your most precious gift. The Holy Spirit that you received is the most precious gift that you can ever receive. Okay? That is your life. That is your everything. And He dwells within you. He is the Holy Spirit, and therefore He made you holy. Okay? So there is no reason for you to ever feel condemned because you are holy. So that is the truth. Now that word which dwells in our heart is the thing that that will bring life to us. If you have, don't see anything in your, if you have not seen a manifestation of something in your life, it is the word that is dwelling inside of you that will bring the manifestation thereof. But it is not like, Jesus doesn't want to be like a genie in a bottle, you know, and he wants to come out. Okay, He wants to be the genie out of the bottle, not in the bottle. Okay. <laughs> so don't, you have it all. We have it all. But he longs to come out. He longs to, to manifest himself. And that comes, well, it is by faith, it's living. But I'm obviously focusing today on speaking the word. So that when the trials and temptations come, that we do not say something different. But that our heart is so established in that grace, in the word that is living inside of us. That when the trials and temptations come, you're like... Paul, when the snake bit you, you just shake it off. Yeah. Praise to God, honor to God. Yeah. It, it really struck me when William was preaching here. And he said, if your car is sto stolen, praise God. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's he saying? What he was saying is that it doesn't matter what happens to you. Praise God. Because God is always good. That never changes. So in any, that is why Paul is saying, oh, we still, let's still go read there. But I'm, I'm running ahead of myself. But that's why Paul is also saying, you know, in any circumstance, we can rejoice and have peace. Let the God of peace be with us in any circumstance. Okay, let us, let us continue reading. Just, this is the essence of the message, but I, there's just such nice things in the Word that I want us to just continue and read, read a bit. Okay, let's read... Verse 12 again. Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Okay, so that life, victor's crown of life that he's speaking about, is like we read in 1 Peter 1, the salvation of your souls. Now, you know, one, Romans 1 verse 6 says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Okay, for those who believe, first the Jew, then the Greek. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says that the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those who do not believe, but it is the power of God unto salvation for us who are being saved. So there is a saving of our souls day one. You receive everything. But daily we need salvation from our, in, 
from our struggles, the, the day-to-day things that we struggle with, okay? So that is what, why the gospel is, and that is why we should be persist, you know, persist to, to preach the gospel and to not preach our own circumstances, okay? Um, I, somebody, whoever, who gave me a CD said, this guy said, you're the prophet of your own life. And that really blessed me because I realized we are always wanting to hear a word from somebody here and there and whatever. God is speaking to you. You can hear the voice of the shepherd. So God is speaking to you. So if you want to prophesy something or have a prophecy, prophesy over your own life. Okay. And prophesy the word of God. Prophesy the, the truth. Okay. So he says, you will receive the victor's crown of life. Why? It is because, not because you are so nice and good and all of that, but it is because the grace, the word that is dwelling in your heart is the thing that overflows from you. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. So here it is. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desire, lust, and passions. Then the evil desire, when he has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when he is fully matured, brings forth death. What is he speaking about? The temptation to feel condemned. That condemnation, it says... Gives birth to sin. What is sin? From as we know it, unbelief in what God has said. And that sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. We just read. If you do not ask, don't be like a, a, a person of, of two minds. Okay. So when God says a word, when that thought comes that maybe this was not from God, oh, but look at my circumstances. Maybe you know it is not the truth. Do not be a man of two minds. Be persistent to treasure that which is inside of you. And hold on with dear life, I want to say, to the word that God has given you. Okay? Do not be misled, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light, in the shining of whom there can be no variation or shadow caused by his turning. And it was by his own free will that he gave us birth by his word of truth. So that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Okay, so there he's speaking of the fruit of the spirit versus the, the fruit of the flesh, basically. So you remember we read a bit earlier. When we are under trial and temptation, continue to behold Jesus. Okay? When we look to Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is manifested in our life, which one of them is patience. Okay? So in that time, you can have patience to wait for God to manifest that which He has promised you. Because to get angry, which is a fruit of the flesh, okay, and speak other things does not promote the righteousness of God. It does not benefit you or anyone around you. Okay, so that's basically what he, what, what he is saying. Um, look to Jesus. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15. We've read it many times. Okay, um, look away from, from the law of Moses. Look unto Jesus. Hebrews 12 that says, don't be in, when you are entangled with the things of this world, look to Jesus. He is the start and the finisher of our faith. Okay. Verse 21, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save you. So he's saying, 
when you are now not seeing the fruits and you are getting impatient and you are experiencing the flesh, he says, open your heart to receive the grace of God which he gives to you through, through his word. Open your heart, hear the gospel. So if you struggle with something, the answer is not in running to people and things to get it fixed and to even go to, the, to get the root of the problem. Okay? Run to the answer which is Jesus, the word, the gospel. Okay? But, verse 22, be doers of the word and not merely listeners to it, but train yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. Okay. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law of liberty and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience." If anyone thinks himself to be religious of the external duties of his faith and does not bridle his tongue, but deludes his own heart, this person, religious service, is worthless. External religious worship is religion as it is expressed in outward acts that is pure and unblemished in the sight of God the Father is this, to visit and help and care for the orphans and widows of their affliction and need, and to keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated from the world. Okay. So just verse 26 again, and does not bridle his tongue, but eludes his own heart. This person, religious service is worthless of nothing. Okay, worthless. Okay, so basically he is saying, when you are a doer of the word, now there can be many actions of faith, like we hear the word, you heal the sick. You have to, to do it to see the effect thereof. You can sit here for 10 years and hear that you can heal the sick. You can even believe that that is the truth. But you will not see it if you don't go and lay your hand on the sick guy. He says, do not reason. Be enticed with reasonings contrary to the truth. God has promised you something. He has given you all things. Do not start with reasonings. Because when you start with reasonings, those will be the things that you speak. And that will dilute your heart. You are going to... You can yourself bluff. What is the English? You are going to deceive yourself. You are deceiving yourself. So what our hearts are full of is what we are going to speak. I was just thinking of a simple example. Sunday night, you sit and watch the news. Okay. Monday night, what is the first thing you and your colleagues do? Did you hear what happened? And that is what you speak for the rest hour. Then it's tea time. Then maybe somebody got another news flash. And, you know, and so you keep updated. I'm not saying you shouldn't be watching news. I'm just saying, what your heart is full of is the things that you're going to speak of, and that is the spirit that you are going to manifest. Okay, not spirit like Holy Spirit, just what, what you are going to manifest. Because if you speak all the time about these things, you will never find yourself going lay your hands on the sick. You are never going to find yourself preaching the gospel to the poor. You are not going to find yourself doing those things because you are always busy with reasonings contrary to the truth. So, let the word of truth dwell in your heart so that what you speak is the word of truth. Okay? So that 
what you do is the word of truth, so that we come to a place where, as Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I see, what I hear my father say. That was Jesus, fully dependent. He was fully in control all the time. They could not even take his life. He had to lay down his life. Like James 3 was saying, a person who can control his tongue is fully in control. Jesus, only saying the words of God. Okay, let us go to 2 Corinthians 4. Okay, let's read the whole chapter. <laughs> Therefore, since we hold, do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, um, we do not get discouraged or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. We have renounced this graceful waste. And we refuse to deal craftily, to practice trickery and cunning, or to adulterate or handle dishonestly the word of God. But we state the truth openly. And so we commend ourselves in the sight and presence of God to every man's conscience. But even if our gospel, the glad tidings, also be hidden, um, obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hindered only to those who are perishing and obscured, only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled, only to those who are lost. For the God of this world, it's speaking about the law, has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves merely as your servants, slaves for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frame human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassment and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but we never struck out and destroyed, always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered. So the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by um, and in our bodies. For we who live are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced through our flesh which is liable to death. Thus death is actively at work in us, but it is in order that our life may be actively at work in you. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who had wrote, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. Assured that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. For all these things are taking place for your sake so that the more grace extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not become discouraged or utterly spiritless, exhausted and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. For our light momentary affliction, the slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory, 
beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparison and all calculation, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to escape, since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible and temporal, brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Okay, so don't worry too much about the initial things. Paul was speaking about sufferings for the sake of the people that he wrote to, that he had to go through, okay, that he was going through. He's saying that sometimes we are experiencing um, these trials. Okay? We have light momentary affliction, afflictions. But he says, it produces for us an everlasting um, gl- weight of glory as we look to Jesus. Okay? Look to the things that are un- unseen. So we started off, I spoke about the promises that God has given us, those that are unseen. When God speaks a word to you, you cannot see it. It is a word that, that he speaks to you. Okay? It can be maybe in the word. <laughs> so then you can see it maybe in the Bible. That's nice. But still, you hear from God and it is unseen. Okay? Do not let the trials and the temptations that come, come your way um, discourage you from the word because the word is our only hope it is our only assuredness it is our only it is our biggest treasure that we can can ever ever have but so what do we do we look unto jesus we look away from all that distracts unto jesus we look away unto jesus we look away unto jesus and we do not believe that which the world is proclaiming, ah, you know, you silly Christians, funny, you know, you think you prophesy something and it will come to pass. Yeah, we will show them. (laughs) We will show them. We can prophesy and there is power in the word that we are saying. So, I don't want you to go out today and, first of all, I don't want you to feel condemned if you said things that is not of God. There is grace and you are forgiven. Okay. And I don't want you to go out and start with worthless confessions that means nothing. What I want you to take from this is, you have a treasure inside of you. If you do not see the manifestation of that, that change what you hear. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. Okay? Change what you hear. Go for the word. Go to any length to preserve your life, if I can say it like that. People go to what, plastic, plastic surgeons. People drink pills and have remedies. The only thing that's going to truly help you... <laughs> I'm not saying don't drink pills and stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the true life is in the Word. So grab hold onto it. Give your... If you have the opportunity to hear the Word... Get the word, okay? Because that word is going to change your life. That is the thing that's going to dwell in your heart. And when it dwells in your heart, that will be the thing that you speak. And whatever, if a man can control his tongue, he will be the perfect man. So I think often we, we don't always say what, what God is saying, um, but he gives us grace, more and more grace, to meet this evil tendency and all others fully, okay? So there is grace. I am I'm imparting grace to you today. I'm not putting a burden onto your shoulders. But I just realized that sometimes 
it's just better to just say nothing. And Gerrit always says, he says, <laughs> it's better then to say nothing than to speak opposite the word, because that's not the truth. You, are, you, will, you will delude, deceive your own heart. Don't deceive yourself. There's enough things that can deceive you. Speak the word of God. Okay, so that's all from my side.